welcome back to Technically F1. I am your host, Rishab, and here with me today is Jack. And in the podcast recording studio, we have a lot to talk about. So let's jump into it. But first, Rishab has reminded me that I made a mistake last time uh, we were recording the podcast. Rishab, I said this was completely Bottas's fault. And after reviewing the footage with you and others, I feel that it is both of their faults. But mostly Russell's. Yes, for hitting Bottas, it's Russell's fault. For squeezing him to the outside where there was no room, it's Bottas's fault. But Bottas didn't know, didn't know that he was squeezing Russell out to the outside. So that's why it was partially George's fault. But the move should have gone without anything happening. It in my opinion, if it was like an F1 video game, I would have done the same move, sent it right there, and I don't think the AI would have crashed. I can understand why Bottas would want to force Russell off the track. Because well, he sees his career <clears throat> passing by him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. I mean, that yeah. is like, his past self. Pretty much. I mean, and Mercedes has 980 employees. Oh, okay, so I was there. That's actually like 100 less than I said there was. Okay. Yeah. But still almost 1,000 people. I think they've lost about 20 of those employees to Red Bull. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Yep. Ferrari has 4,556 employees on the payroll. On the F1 team? Yeah, F1 okay. payroll. Wow. That's a lot. I mean, I guess some of that's within the Shell company as well. Or not the Shell company in that way. Like Shell, the oil and gas company. Yeah. Oh, this this question, Mm -hmm. it says Ferrari, not Ferrari F1. Wait, but if Ferrari... What if Ferrari only actually has like 4,000 people working for them? In their car company. Is that what that's saying? Yes, that's saying. Whoa, that's not many people at all. Wow. Yeah, wait a minute. Um, wait that's a barely minute. any. And I can't understand why no one wants to work for Mercedes. Yeah, I mean... They don't pay well. Oh, really? To be fair... Uh, pays well. Well, yeah, okay, Adrian. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking at um a glass door for Merce- oh, Mercedes really? AMG Patronus <laughs> Formula One team salaries. The nice. engineer's salary... 37,000 pounds a year. Oh, that's terrible. You have to do a second job then. Probably. I mean, yeah, mechanical design engineer. Yeah. 44,000 pounds. That's, yeah, it's really low in comparison to the other teams. Senior engineer salaries. 48,000 pounds. I mean, that is... In comparison to Red Bull, and for those who don't know, working there, you know, a mid-level um, aerodynamic component designer could make about $100,000 a year. Like, that is really low. That's like half of the salary of a Red Bull designer. That's crazy. So beyond the fact that you'll be working in Brackley, which is not a nice part of London, or not a nice part of England, you'll also not be getting paid very well. So. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. I'm looking at also the pit crew here, too. And I'm not sure if this is the Mercedes pit crew, but this it says Formula One pit crew member okay. salaries. Yep. And the crew chief gets one million. That's a lot. I mean, but think about how many years you have to do one of the lower engineering positions to be that crew chief. I mean, it's the pit crew member, so I mean, you could start out as the fire extinguisher person. Well, and that's get paid what a thousand dollars a race. <laughs> 500. Oh. <laughs> but $30,000 is an annual salary. Okay. And Starter Man gets 40000 For starting the car. <laughs> a year. 40000 a year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not enough to live on, but it actually is a pretty hilarious job that you can make $40,000 a year from starting an F1 car. Think about that. Oh, and the stabilizer person gets 90000 well, Yeah, because that's a hard job. I mean... The wingmen get uh one hundred fifty thousand. Actually, that's understandable. The jackmen get uh one hundred fifty thousand too. Yeah, because they've got to be massive to lift up an F one car. 
tire carriers get two hundred seventy thousand. Now I'm sorry, but the the person who puts the wheel nut on with the wheel gun that is not a difficult job. That's the tire changer. Oh, okay. How much does he make? Three hundred and fifty thousand. What? <laughs> <laughs> 350 that that's three times what a mid-level design engineer can make at red bull in a year that is insane well i mean to be fair you have a higher chance of being hit by a car good point yeah but are you gonna win the championship with your thing no no you're not refueling person all right this is indycar this is not f1 there's no refueling in f1 what no, wait a minute then when we were Wait a minute. Also, fun fact that I learned today before we get into the real stuff of the podcast. Kimi Raikkonen in 2009 was the highest paid F1 driver of all time. You want to get the, the figure? Uh, he got $19 million in bonuses one year, I think. That was 2009 because he had just helped the team get to two consecutive championships. There was some sort of loophole in the Ferrari contract that essentially said if... You get one championship uh, for the team. You get X million dollars for that. If you get two championships, you get another couple million dollars. And if you get three, you get that much. So within the two-year span of his Ferrari contract from 2007 to 2008, those two seasons, he won three championships, one drivers, two constructors for the team. So it was this, for 2009, he was paid like, what, 19 million, you said, in um, bonuses? Yeah, I think something like that. And then his overall contract was like 50-ish million dollars, so more than what Hamilton's getting paid right now, which is hilarious. And Schumacher was paid $50 million a year in the early 2000s, but he didn't get those bonuses. So that makes Kimmy the highest paid F1 driver of all time for two years. Um, But anyways, shall we get into the meat of this podcast? Yes, we shall. And, okay. um, okay, wait a minute, but I'm yeah. just going to say the refueling salary. I'm not sure if, maybe this is from before 2010 or something. That could know. be it. That could be it, yeah. Uh, 350000 for refueling. See, that is actually a really dangerous job because, you know, if the fuel spills and you catch on fire, you've got to put that out. Yeah, well, I mean, 350000 I know, but, you know, that it's not a terrible salary. You can... The Jackman should... Yeah, oh, yeah I'm it's sorry. Huge. But... It's a huge salary for refueling. I mean, he's literally once... No, excuse me, twice every race weekend. So that's... If there's two race weekends on average per month, that's 12... 12... Not anymore. There's only, like, one. No, no, I know, I know. But, like, in... Actually, no, it wouldn't even... No, because our 24 races overall, so if we average it out and we said there was a refueler man refueling this right now. So for 48 refueling of the F1 car, he made $300,000. Less than 50 refuelings in a year. 350000 That is insane. And then, um, okay, wait a minute. I, I personally think that the uh, Jackman should get paid more. Is, uh, didn't at Racing Point, didn't they get hit multiple times by in the last? Stroll? Yeah, in the last three years, for like, the four, last four years, 2017, 18, 19, 20, um, they've had, I think, three collisions with their Jackmen who have been hit by Stroll, Perez, and Ocon, all three of them. <laughs> and, yeah, so that that's... It is a dangerous job if you work at Racing Point. And obviously, there was the highly televised one at last year's Imola Grand Prix. So, you know, you'll also be completely embarrassed on live TV. Wait a minute. I just sent you the salary article. Okay. It says, for, it's really weird because it says 2021. But you See, said, I but mean, that's what, that's they, was banned in 2010. Right, that's what they always do, right? They'll update the article every couple of years. Obviously, they haven't updated it for refueling. And then, okay. Yeah. So the crew chief, I see that. Okay. The fire extinguisher man is... That's insane. I really just want to be a crew chief now. Yeah, really. I mean, well, imagine what... It's good money. It is good money, yeah. Um, Anyways, let's talk about 
this week in F1. So something I didn't cover in this week's video because, you know, I'm not covering rumors in the videos is Haas. Uh, looks like they're going to get bought by Mazepin and Rich Energy. That's not exciting. Uh, Rashab, is this going to be the meme team of F1? Um, well, they might be, but I think people hate Mazepin too much for it to be a meme. No, no, I mean, not like a good meme, but they're just going to be so bad because it's... It's well. Rich Energy was a meme, and Mazepin is a meme. So I think if it, if they become memes, it's gonna be about spinning. Right, exactly. Which is starting to get a little bit old. I'm not gonna lie. Who, Dimitri or Nikita? Nikita. Yeah. What is he? Twenty something or other? Yeah. Well, I mean, he he just like not his age. It's oh, the okay. fact that he just keeps spinning is old. Yeah, I mean, he spun in Imola in the race, which was not good, and he ended up giving the position back to Schumacher, even though Schumacher crashed in Imola. Yeah, and they both spun, didn't they? They both spun, yeah. But Schumacher's was much less spectacular than Mazepin's. Because Mazepin destroyed his car again. Yeah, well, I mean, th- there must be something wrong with them. There always is something wrong with them. Yeah. Car. I mean, there is a rumor and this is definitely not confirmed. Whereas, you know, Haas being bought by Rich Energy and Dimitri Mazepin is a lot more closer to being confirmed than this is. That Gene Haas, depending on how many more spins there are this year, may take legal action against Mazepin. Really? For poor performance. So, like, firing him? No, no, beyond firing him. Like, literally suing him. For I mean, for what, though? I think the only thing he could try to sue him for was being advertised as a good driver and being a shite driver. But, I mean, that's... Who advertised him as a good driver? Uh, I don't know. Probably his dad and most of Russia. But other than that, like, no, no people that are actually close to Gene Haas must have advertised him as any good. Because I can't think of anybody who would say, oh, yeah, he's good. Because what? Think of... Think of, like, the people that are... Gunter Steiner is not saying that Mazepin is good. Is he? Is he talking to Gene Haas and saying, yes, he's the best talent other than Mick Schumacher? No. Oh, my God. Dimitri Mazepin's forehead, though. Oh, it's... Huge. Yeah, it's massive. It's have you seen the uh, Airbus Beluga or whatever? The Beluga whale one, yeah. I have seen that. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It does, yeah. And speaking of Airbus, you know what I love about them? They cart the parts of their planes through European cities because they're built in two different areas. Hmm. Which is really weird to me, but also just genuinely hilarious because you could wake up one evening and see parts of a plane just being driven through a town. Like Like, what? Like the fuselage or something is just being driven around? You could see the wings just driving through a town. The wings of a plane. (laughs) That would be quite weird. Yeah, you wake up in the middle of the night. Oh, gotta get some water. What the? And you see the wings passing by your window. You're like, all right, there's been a horrific plane crash. Your Airbus is at it again. <laughs> Airbus. <laughs> oh Back at God. it again. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So on the Rich Energy half situation, what I think hap- hap- has to happen if they're coming back is that Gene Haas is going to fully sell the team and the name is no longer going to be Haas. Because there's no way that either of those two parties would ever even talk to each other again or, or associate themselves with each other. Um, you know, Gene Haas for obvious reasons, but... Um, well, Gene Haas doesn't want to be like called the KGB agent or something. No, but he has been called that already, so I mean... Yes, you know. I suppose this is proof now. Yeah. I mean, but if that, I mean, they're kicking Haas out of the Haas F1 team. That's, it's no longer going to be the Haas F1 team. And will they change the way the team is run day to day? I like I mean, Williams. Williams is gone. Yes, but also no, because the name is going to stay. Yes, and well, no one cares about the name. It's the people. 
Right, but the people, although they're not, like, involved in day-to-day operations, they're still hanging out at the team. They're doing stuff there. They're just not being televised for it. Yeah, but, like, the old guy, uh, what's his name? Frank. But the whole reason they left was because they didn't like the scrutiny of it. Claire Williams hated it, and Frank Williams didn't like that Claire Williams hated it. So they both left. <laughs> what's funny? That that explanation. That is that is pretty much why they left. That and also Doralton Capital wanted to do it all by themselves. I mean, uh, like... But they, also, they were set up so well, though. They had good driver. They had one good driver. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean look, think of it. Argue. Think of it this way, right? Although, yeah, very sad that the the namesake of the team has left the team. It's day to day running. They do now have the people that helped Volkswagen win its four World Rally Championships and Porsche win its twenty four hours of Le Mans. And the IDR program. Literally everybody from Volkswagen's and Porsche's big success stories are here now assisting Williams. Okay, that probably will be that probably won't happen anymore soon, like when no, no. Porsche joins F one if they join F one. If they join F one. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's a possibility that BMW might join F one because they're pulling out of Formula E. Okay, BMW, I don't know why they're pulling out of Formula E. That's kind of their place. No, 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 no. It's time for them to get out of that. There's nothing of value Formula E can bring to BMW because, now hear me out on this, okay? The thing about Formula E is it is it's very unpredictable, right? Sort of. I mean, you, you can't predict who's going to win the race until the last lap. That's sort of the whole thing about it. So they could have the best car. They could be leading the race every single lap of the race and then conk out on the last lap simply because they ran out of battery right? A company like BMW doesn't like that. So... To be fair, most companies don't like losing because they're out of battery. I know, but BMW being German and being the way that they are hate the sort of thing that does to A, their reputation, but also B, like the morale of the team. They're like, alright, we had the fastest car, we had the fastest everything, but we lost because we could not manage the battery. Like, in Formula 1, that doesn't happen. Nobody runs out of fuel. Well, I mean, potentially, couldn't you? You could, but you would have to manage the engine stupidly. I mean, Alonso was, like, 14 laps above target because he was in the wrong fuel mode in the Canadian Grand Prix in 2015, but he got it all back by just driving slowly. <laughs> or maybe Isn't that was Isn't that his... the exact opposite of what you want to do? I know, but the point was they were still able to finish the race and grab, like, two points. Like, in Formula E, you lose that electric power, you're done. Well, yeah, I mean, if you lose the electric power, then you're, you're out of power. Right, okay. Now, yes. but what I don't understand about Formula E, it's the same chassis for every team, I know that. But I think the batteries can be manufactured by each team that's there. So I know Mercedes makes their own. Uh, the motors are standard, but the batteries are different. So it's an arms race on who can make the best batteries, and that is so boring. Right? It's Wait like, a minute. Wouldn't the, wouldn't the motor also matter, though? So how are they going to put standard motors in? What if you have a powerful enough battery that it just shorts out the motor? Uh, I think they need to account for that and make it so that it doesn't short out the motor. Then isn't that kind of a big limit there? It is a limit. That's why these cars aren't fast at all. No, no, no. We saw the Valencia Grand Prix, or the Valencia E Prix, whatever they want to call it, um, for Formula E. Or did you see this on Twitter? Everybody was going crazy about it. And I don't the... have Twitter. I'm okay. not like a 30-year-old person. No, I'm not a 30-year-old person. I simply have set up the Technically F1 Twitter account. We will get no, no one follow- follows you. That's because... the idea. That's the idea. I haven't tweeted a single thing yet on it. Although I might tweet during the race. We shall see. Okay, I'm just gonna look this up. What the technically a fun Twitter account? No, don't do it. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. I don't think any of us want to know the embarrassment of this. Technically, F1 on Apple Podcasts. Oh, that. There's also a Google one and on Spotify. We're on YouTube. Anyways, um, 
All right, what was I saying? It was um. All right, I completely lost my train of thought. What was it? Oh, Formula E, right? Valencia, right? All the ah, cars. Yes, Twitter. <laughs> uh, Valencia on Twitter. Everybody was freaking out about it because the cars were twenty seconds slower than the F one cars around that track, which is huge. And and more pressingly, every single one of those cars ran out of battery except for three of them because they didn't manage the battery under the safety car. I'm sorry, if there's any reason for BMW to pull out of Formula E, that's the reason. Imagine that there would be an hour break, just like in between the race and they're in the middle of the race so they can recharge their cars. Oh, that'd be great. Um... So they could ride it like. Well, you have one follower. I do. No way. Whoa, 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 whoa! I do. Oh my god. Who is it? No clue. But live on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we have one follower. We're following fifty-seven different people. You have to. Are we following Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May? Yep. Okay. Following all the racing drivers. Following everybody. Oh. Why is it a Ferrari? Uh, because I'm not following Ferrari. That's the reason. I'm following Leclerc, but I'm not following Ferrari. What about uh, Signs? I am following Signs, yep. Hulkenberg, Russell, Hamilton. I am following Porsche. What is your opinion on the 904? Ooh, I think it's an interesting car it's not the best porsche they've ever made but it's also most certainly not the worst one they've made uh the racing one right yeah it's a beautiful looking car yeah i mean it's in my opinion it it's very reminiscent of the what was it not the 718 the um 917 917 uh it looks like that in my opinion but it's shorter it's visibly shorter than the 917 Yeah, it's a cool car. Yeah, definitely. All right, now, uh, some other news that's recently come out about F1 is this. Uh, well, two things, actually. Turkish Grand Prix is happening because Canada, or the Canadian Grand Prix got canceled, and the new qualifying format. Uh, I want to talk about both of those. Wait, the 904 is a boomer. It is? 1964. Oh, my God, it is. Wow crazy all right um new qualifying format have you seen that rashad and the 917 was newer oh for god's sake yes i know the 917 is newer it's what the 70s right yeah yeah okay yeah you're saying something yes i was saying something (laughs) anyways have you seen the new qualifying format i have not okay so the plan is for three races this year we're going to have a practice session on Friday, only one hour. Then we're going to have qualifying, one session of that, not three like normal. Then on Saturday, we're going to have practice two and a qualifying sprint race, which is going to be 100 kilometers. And on Sunday, we're going to have the main race. Strike you as interesting? Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's no like Q3 or anything? No Q3, no Q2 even. Um it's going to be weird seeing that, but I think it's going to be less predictable. Um, but I'll tell you why I think it's going to be less predictable. Do you think it's going to be any better or worse? Well, yeah, I think it's definitely going to be less predictable. Okay. There's less data there. Yeah, of course. No practice three. That's huge. Um, like, there's no way to know, like, how exactly the drivers will do. But uh, if you can, you can almost definitely tell that the drivers make it to Q, whatever the highest Q is, not like Q four or something. Q three, yeah. Oh, Q three. Um, you know that they're gonna win, almost definitely, unless there's some big catastrophic failure. Right. I mean, unless it's Kimi Räikkönen getting knocked out in Q one in the two thousand five McLaren. Most people always win from Q3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
But what I think it's going to be is all of the, um, the unpredictability in F1 these days is coming from the races. When was the last time somebody had a spectacular crash in qualifying? Other than Tsunoda in Imola, uh, which is um, a bad example, but... Mazepin. Fine. He's had a crash in every qualifying session this year, so you can say that about every race this year. Other than him, when was there a big crash in there? Or There's never been a safety car, for instance, in qualifying. Let's think about this. Yeah. I think it's going to be less predictable for that reason because, you know, there's always that sort of stuff in the race. So if it's like a mini race, then that's just going to be great in my opinion because once we have a mini race and that's been unpredictable, hopefully there's a safety car. Because if there's no safety car, it's going to be dangerous, but it's also going to be pretty boring because nothing's going to shake up the order really. And we're not going to have a Williams in the front row of the grid. Oh my god, did you know that there's an F1 glossary? Really? Yeah, it was like Aerodynamics, Airbox, Apex, Appeal. Oh, wow. Autoclave or whatever. Autoclave, yep. Backmarker. Nice. And a bunch of other things, some of which I cannot pronounce. Let's see here. F1 glossary. 107% rule, Aerodynamics, Airbox, Apex, Appeal. Autoclave, back marker, ballast, bargeboard, blistering, bodywork, brake balance, CAD, camber, CFD, chassis, chicane, cleaner. Wow, yeah, Kawanda effect. That's cool. Wait, do you have like a CAD that you use? For what? For your designs. Nope, I'm just doing side view. <laughs> I know, I'm very advanced. Am I not? Um, sure, yeah. Sure. No. Why not? I'm upgrading at some point to a CAD, hopefully. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll even build a PC for it. No, I won't. But, you know, you get the Tinker point. Tinker CAD. At some point, <laughs> I will transfer everything to CAD, and then you'll be able to see it in 3D. You could use TinkerCAD. Yeah, that could be good. I mean, it's kind of basic. Pretty much, yeah. As in, not as in, like, basic as in everybody uses it, but, like... No, no, like, basic things that you can, you know, Yeah. You know, basic has so many meanings nowadays. I know, it does. It's, you know... Kind of annoying. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. All right. Um, so, Monaco Grand Prix is confirmed. You excited? Yeah, somewhat. I prefer uh, Nürburgring. Right. Yeah, but that could still happen because it looks like the Brazilian Grand Prix is going to get canceled. Yeah, but... I mean, chances are they're not going to go back to Nürburgring. It's You're right. Highly the, unlikely. And the owners are very poor, so they cannot pay the race fees. Um, but if they do, I would be really excited for that, because I hope it would be at the same time and there'd be some nice rain. And we'd be able to see drivers slipping and sliding everywhere. Oh, you see... Wait yep. a minute. There's actually like, one person who bought Nürburgring... Wait, it's just one guy. Uh, oh, it's some development company, but it says Victor uh, Karatonin. Nice. So this Victor man could be one of the main owners of the Nürburgring, or this could also just be a group. Oh, he's a, he, he's a majority stakeholder. Oh, so he's like Lawrence Stroll. Uh, oh, wait, no, that's in his company. Uh, oh. farm farm st- standard. Farm standard, okay. Um, it's Moscow based, of course. Oh, not another one, really. Took f- the company took full ownership of Nurburgring on the first of January, twenty fifteen. Okay, but it's Capricorn it Development now. I think. How can they not afford the resanctioning fees if they're Russian and they're? buying a racetrack. They must be oligarchs. They must be really rich. Russian billionaire. Right. It's, oh, he is a billionaire as well. So how can he not afford to put up the race fees? We all want to see that. Uh, I'm not sure. It must be because this is Wikipedia that ah, I'm reading from. That could definitely be it. Okay. Alright. Um, it's all confusing because it says it that this guy owns it, but another um, development company was the buyer. 
Yeah, that is weird. Um, yeah, Turkish Grand Prix. Sorry to sort of interrupt, but Turkish Grand Prix. You excited for that? Um, not very. Oh, okay. I know Why? Turkish is like okay and all, but uh, the Canadian one is also quite good. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think the Canadian Grand Prix is loved by many, and it's why they pushed pushed the um the announcement date that it was canceled back so far because the backlash was of course massive when they said no Canadian Grand Prix. Obviously, the Canadian fans, but also the F one purists out there know that you know the Turkish Grand Prix is obviously a Tilka circuit, and it's, it's a little bit boring. The sharpest turn is like fourteen or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, it has some good turns and stuff, but on the other hand, you know, it's nowhere near as classic as the Canadian Grand Prix is. There's a lot of straights and wide turns. Yeah, and the fact was, last year's race, the reason it was so good was simply because it was monsoon conditions. When it's not monsoon conditions, it's not going to be a good race. Corner 2 looks so boring. It is. It's genuinely the most Tilka F1 track I've ever seen. I mean, I know everybody's like, ooh, it's so great, but it's only because of turn 14. People say that's why, you know, it's their favorite track. It's not anybody's favorite track. If they're honest with themselves, they know that it's not their favorite track. And at least in, like, Montreal, you have turn 10, which is like a, like, such a cutback. Yeah, turn 10 is incredible. And 8 is also quite interesting. Yeah, definitely. And 6. Right, there's so many good turns in Canada. And 2. Two? Yeah, two. Two is kind of similar to ten in some ways. Okay. Yeah, but it's quite sad. Yeah, I think it's a shame. Um, But on the other hand, you know, we'll be able to see whether the Turkish Grand Prix is any good in the dry in this modern era. I mean, I know 2011 Turkish Grand Prix was really good, but that was because, you know... High noses and high rear wings. Those sorts of things make racing great. I'm waiting for the retort. Nothing? Nothing! I'm looking at the comments under the post that says um, Turkey would join the calendar or whatever in place of Canada. Oh, really? I bet they're not positive. Now we need Rain to join the chat. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and a lot of these are actually positive. Welcome back. Yes. Yeah. Here before Turkish flags. I'm not sure if that's positive or negative. Yeah, I don't know about that one. We did it, guys. We did it. And that's from F1 Turkish. Um, Interesting. So there are some people that like that race. All right. Same about Canada. Nice for Turkey. Yeah, I mean, that's one person acknowledging it. That's good. Seb on the... On podium? Question no, mark. He, he just isn't going to be on the podium. We've seen Yeah, Aston Lance Martin. Stroll has a higher chance of doing that. Aston, at this point, is a back marker. They're not a real, you know, fully-fledged F1 team at this point. They're kind of, like, not likely to score points ever. No, right? With the race in Imola, if, um, if what's his name? George Russell Lance. had not crashed out he would have gotten more points than Aston Martin had been able to get that race. Because, I mean, Lance has gotten, like, a couple of points, but not Stroll, too many. Yeah, Stroll's been okay, but not that great, because, you know... He's been he carrying the whole is. team. Right, he's carried the entire team, and Seb's just been awful. Although he's had bad yes, luck. we can't exactly say that, though, because his fans are, like... Diehard, yes. Yes, and but... he's, he is a very good driver. Absolutely, and he's had great seasons, and this season is just not it. I mean, I just don't think it's going to get any better for him, though, because, like, what else can he do? He can change his driving style, but he can't do that because nobody can change their driving style. And I mean, I suppose. No, I'm sorry, but you cannot change your driving style. Once you set it in and you're like, all right, this is how I drive an F1 car, and, you know, you teach yourself how to do that, you don't change it. I mean, he could just change teams. I think a faster car. Yeah, but he learned how to drive F1 cars in the high downforce era. You know, the 2008s. Just um, add more downforce then. 
No, but like you can't do that because the cars will be slow in the straightaways, which you lose more time these days in the straightaways than you do in the corners, which is a shame. But that's how it is. I suppose. It's unfortunate. So, it's unfortunate that I cannot make F1 a top speed sport. I don't think anybody likes that. Unless you like it, and then in that case, it's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, if it's if that's your thing, you like it as a top speed sport, fine. But, like, I don't think any of us want... Actually, this would be rather entertaining if it was just, like, a couple of or 20 Chiron super sports lined up and doing laps of the French Grand Prix track. That'd be hilarious. That'd be kind of, like, one make almost, wouldn't it? It would be one make. It'd be hilarious to see who wins that because you're going to have your Mazepins that are binning million-dollar cars into the wall. To be fair, and they're probably around similar prices. What? The repairs cost of Mazepin's F1 career and the entire Chiron? Well, a Chiron and an F1 car. No, no, no. An F1 car costs more to fix than a Chiron does. Yeah, but, like, around the price, like, the starting price for the cars, you know? You mean, like, an old F1 car versus a Chiron? Like, buying them. Yeah, the yeah, I guess so. Them. You're probably right, but I think it's probably more comparable to a Chiron Supersport or an Aspark Owl. The thing with Chiron is the money is just more visible. Like, yeah. you can see that the interior is, like, done in, like, expensive leather and all that stuff. Yeah. But in an F1 car, it's, brown, it's hard to you know. see that. Yeah. It's like a light little thing that you can probably pick up if you have like a couple of people. Exactly. Yeah, a couple of jack men, you've got the entire thing picked up. You don't even need the jacks. You could just have a couple of people. I mean, yeah, but you need some strong people to do that and not break the floor at the same time. Yeah, like, um, like, didn't the Red Bull RB16 or something get stolen? Yeah, but they had a crane for that. Really? Wild. I mean, I doubt they needed the crane. No, probably not. They probably just needed, like, five guys to lift it up. Yeah. Um, anyways... Have Imagine you having about- that oh, nerd, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as unlikely as it is, would you be happy if they brought the Nürburgring in favor of the Brazilian Grand Prix? Yes, very much. Okay, and Brazilian Grand Prix, do you think it'll happen this year? Uh, give me a minute. I'm going to have to look up this track and see if it's any good and see who owns it. Okay. Well, it's not a money problem. It's it's more, you know, that Brazil is completely being destroyed by COVID. I mean, unless they can fix their healthcare system in like three months, then there's no race. But they still don't want to announce it, I've heard, because they're worried about backlash. Woohoo! Okay, they're almost definitely going to have to do that. Yeah, cancel it? No, to do it, because they've really? signed a five-year deal. Wait, really? Is it completely binding? I'm not sure, but it's the Sao Paulo uh, Interlagos circuit who signed a five-year deal to host the Brazilian GP until 2025. I know, but when they signed that in 2020. Ah, crap. That isn't good. It would seem so. Okay, so April 28th, today, Brazil has had... Why isn't it not telling me this? It's not telling me. I want to know. Tell me how many cases Brazil has had. Okay, 82,000. Oh, I mean, compared to, to the 000. U.S., that's not, like... No, but their case-to-death ratio is so much higher because of their lack of health care. You mm. know. I mean, it, it's just not good there. So, although if this contract is sort of a binding contract, then maybe we'll have an unsafe Brazilian Grand Prix. We shall see. Um, but anyways, there are a couple of other F1 pieces of news. Uh, Red Bull has hired a guy from Mercedes, don't know his name. And... Well, I mean, multiple guys from Mercedes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, to head up their engine program. 
and Christian Horner stood outside the building today with a hard hat and pretended to do work on the building. <laughs> Obviously, he didn't. This was for the cameras. However, um, it did appear that way, and, you know, great for him. I mean, their engine... Imagine he breaks something important. <laughs> exactly. Imagine he just drops a light or something. Um, that'd, that'd be terrible for them. You know, set them back maybe a couple minutes. Um, yeah, or, like, you get something even worse. Like, maybe he will accidentally, like... Hammer an engine. <laughs> hammer, like, the foundation or something. Ooh, that wouldn't be good. Until it cracks. <laughs> can you crack a foundation? With a hammer, yeah. From experience, I can tell you, yes, you can do that. From experience? No, excuse me, not from experience. From lack of experience, I can tell you, you can do that. Wait, how does that work, then? Uh, you tap it a couple times with the sledgehammer, it cracks. I suppose with a sledgehammer? Did, was he using a sledgehammer? No, no, he had a nice little tap-tap, normal hammer. Hmm. That's not a good... How? Alright, fine. Um, and tap, then... Tap, normal hammer. <laughs> like, what am I saying? Um, anyways, so who do you think will win Portuguese Grand Prix, which is this weekend? Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton, really? Why? Because he wins every race, pretty much. But Either I... Lewis Hamilton or Verstappen. I've bet against Hamilton here, and... You want to know who I think will win? Who? I think it'll be Bottas over Verstappen. Because Lewis Hamilton's always a it, it, he's always a safe pick. I know, very safe pick. Um, but here's my reason for Bottas here. I think he has to be pissed off now. He's gotten smashed into by Russell. He can get team order though. Right, that's the issue here. If he gets team orders, then he'll leave Mercedes before the end of the season. Oh, no but, doubt. And but, then Mercedes will be out of two drivers next year. Right, exactly. And they'll have to get Verstappen and Russell. Russell. Even though they'll have the worst car in the entire history of F1. And or they could get the Russell and Ocon. Yeah, but, you know, Russell could be picked up by Red Bull at the moment, which is still a possibility. Yeah, but I don't think Verstappen's going to move easily. No, no, because if Red Bull proves themselves as a championship contender this year, then there's no reason he should move. In fact, there are reasons why he shouldn't move. In fact, um, more likely than him moving, he's going to... I mean, it's more likely that he'll be kicked off. Why? Because last year, he completed... like He didn't even complete the last half of the races. That's a good point. What was it, like all three Italian Grand Prix he didn't finish? I think something like that. Yeah, he had a pretty horrendous DNF record last year, so maybe he just should avoid that this year. Unless that was the car. Was it the car, though? Well, the Honda engine had reliability issues, but it was also him being a hothead for most of it. Um, So that isn't good. I mean, people keep saying that the Honda engine has reliability issues, but you see... But it hasn't had any this year. The problem is, well, the question is not who has no reliability issues, but who has the least. Right, who has the least reliability issues? Well, this like year... Renault had a ton, like, when they were using Renault. But right now, I think Renault has the most reliable engine in F1. Right, and hear it's me out on tough. this. You want me to, uh, to understand why I'm saying this? Sure. Okay, so Mercedes introduced this new bit on their engine, which has been giving them headaches all season, and they can't get it to work reliably. So essentially, it's like the old Kurs era of F1, where they'd be turning off the Kurs package if it wasn't working. Um, I think they're missing out on, like, 10 horsepower, because they are completely unreliable with that part of the engine, which is not good. 10 horsepower is a ton for that size, that weight of car. I know, it's huge. So losing out on that much horsepower is huge for them. So that's a reliability problem for them. I mean, it doesn't even look like they're going to fix it at the moment. It looks like they might just scrap that part of the engine and say, all right, let's try something else here. Um, And obviously, Red Bull has had uh, one or two problems with Honda, although it's not been that bad this year. So for that reason, I think that... Uh, they could just put a jet engine in. Honda knows how to yeah, make a good jet. Yeah, I know. Jet. Like a Honda jet. 
I believe uh Rosa or not Horrorosa, Alphatari hasn't has a Honda Jet. Let's see. Alphatari Honda Jet. They do. It's a nice wow. Jet. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, look at that. They brought it into Hangar 7. That's cool. <laughs> Actually? Yeah. Is that an actual hangar, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dietrich Mattesheets bought a um, a hangar and is displaying his helicopters and F1 cars there. Oh, I thought Hangar 7 was like, like this thing. The Red Bull headquarters or whatever. Uh, in Austria? Yeah, it is. Oh, but okay. I see. Um, their CEO is Dietrich Mattesheets. Oh my. Okay. That doesn't look like it should be a hangar, though. Oh, really? I think it's... I mean, it's not a working hangar. It's more just a place where you can put stuff. But it's like it's more glass than anything else. I know, but isn't that what makes it cool? If you rev your car loud enough, shatter. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think they probably have had some cla- cracking oh, of my the glass. God. They must have, right? This is literally like... No, I've thought of something like this before, except without glass. Yeah. Like, um, the dome with, like, the viewing thing on top. Oh, my God. This should be the technically F1 HQ. Planes and cars. The one problem here, though, is the glass. All right, we can yeah. change the glass out. Because all your cars and stuff will get sun bleached. Oh, wow. I'm just looking at Hangar 7. It splits apart. Actually, it slides apart. Yeah, and doesn't it have like two towers or something? It does. So one side of it slides off, and what that allows for is you'd be able to switch the planes in and out. Oh, that's amazing! Oh, wait, is that are those fighter jets? Yes, he has fighter jets. I know he owns a Chinook and an Apache, and it also has the Red Bull or Red Bull signs. I know he put the Red Bull logo on these planes. This guy's hilarious. And helicopters and the fighter jets. I can't believe the fighter jets. I know. Some Imagine of those aren't even legal attacked. to buy. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, not Imagine great, your Air attacked. Force is being attacked. Exactly. Yeah, it's got a call by Dietrich. <laughs> yeah, it really splits, though. Yeah. And there is a runway, I think, too. I think so, because I know Nui took off from there. Uh, I read his book. And there's literally a driveway thing going to it. Right from yeah, the hangar. there is. I don't like that it splits apart, though. Because then when someone robs you, they'll just split it apart and jump <laughs> in your planes and fly away. But who's robbing Hangar 7? It must have 24-hour security. Because, well, their RB-16 got stolen. Yes, but it was because so of the parking side of the must track. must not be great. By the way, the RB-16 got uh, returned. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not that easy. To, to just... steal an F1 car. Yeah, and, like, there was not even a cover on top of the F1 car. I know. So it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, oh, look, there's an RB16 on that, like, trashy truck over there. Yeah. Like, if you're an F1 fan. You pretty much say, all right, they've taken that. It'd be a little hard not to notice. Oh, Dietrich has a um a Dassault Falcon. That's cool. Yeah, I hate right. how big it is, though. Really, like, I like how big it is. You just get lost in there. I know, but that's sort of the idea, isn't it? It looks a little bit like the Museum of Flight, almost in a way. It's yeah, like that area. Except the Museum of Flight has like floaty planes. Right. Yeah, and a um an SR seventy one sitting in the middle of it. Yeah. Which is but this one very has like cool. I like how this one has plants in it though. Yeah, it, it looks definitely kind of like the bush fighters or something. Yeah, yeah. The only issue is it's not gonna be big enough to hold our seven forty seven. I don't like seven forty seven. I'm not gonna lie, seven forty seven. I don't like large planes. Well, soon enough we'll be able to record a podcast on that because it's getting Wi Fi installed. Anyways wait, Okay, wait wait a minute. You haven't really let me in on much of this project that you the have. Whole, the whole joke was right. Uh, we, well, you know the joke, Rashab. It was, we bought a 747, um, from Boeing in the Museum of Flight, right? Obviously we didn't, because that's hundreds of millions of dollars. 
Um, it would be much more believable if we said we bought an A380 because that's less than $100 million now. Um, what but... is your problem with Airbus, though? Like, I mean, no, no, I understand I... there's a lot of problems with Airbus. As a company, I just don't like it. And the main reason is that in – obviously, I've had my smaller issues with it. But the main reason is it turns out it was pretty corrupt over the last couple of years, like taking money from the governments that it works with and bribing um, – the airlines to make larger purchases of planes. So that's not cool. Cause it's taking market share away from the other companies that want to have a chance in that market. That is business though. No, 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 no. But the bribery in that way is completely illegal. So it's ended up killing some smaller manufacturers that had good ideas. To be fair, that is good business strategy. I know, but bribes are illegal in that sort of area. Yeah, but still, one has a law. I want to have laws ever stopped like multi-billion-dollar corporations. I mean, you have a point. You have a point there. I that's my main problem with them. I just don't like that they did that. Obviously, the people of who did that were put in jail, so that's okay. I keep forgetting that you also don't like Amazon. Yeah, I'm just not a big Jeff Bezos fan. The company itself is okay. Now that he's out of it, I'm alright with it. But I just don't like Jeff Bezos. I can understand that. I think. A lot of people don't like him, you know, for all sorts of reasons. Hmm, I'm looking at hangers now. Oh, really? To purchase? Not really. I'm looking at, like, ones that have already been built. Ah, okay. Hmm. Okay. All right. Hmm. What are you looking at for hangers? Oh, one second. Let me see something. Okay. Um, anyways, I will continue. Uh, not much else to say about, you know, new season. Uh, or not new season. Uh, next race is coming up in F1. There is one final thing I do want to mention, though. Williams is bringing two upgrades uh, to the Portuguese Grand Prix. And although they said, you know, we're not bringing upgrades this season, they clearly are because here's what they're doing. They're bringing an update to the floor, which they upgraded last week, or not last week, two weeks ago, at the Imola Grand Prix. And they're also bringing a slight side pod update, which is great. Um, and that's just going to put them further ahead of where they were. So, all sorts of good things happening at Williams. Anyways, Rashab, you ready? Hmm. Hmm? Is this a good thing? Hmm. I'm not sure. It's like, there's like this hanger. It's... Okay. Ochoco or something? O-C-H-O-C-O. Hanger. Where is it? You see, I'm not sure. I think it might be in Portland. Ah. Okay. Because the architect's also in Portland, and there's a big thing that says Oregon on it. Oh, it's nice. The, the, uh, it's Phil Knight, I think. Nice. That's his. That's his college. Okay. His pet college. <laughs> Pet college, okay. All right. Um. Anyways, sounds good. Oh wait, it's located at the Hillsborough Airport. So yeah, Portland. Nice, and that's available. Uh, what is that available for purchase? I'm not sure if it's available for purchase, but I'm sure the architects wouldn't mind doing another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With technically F1 branded on the outside of it, yeah. Um, and on to the segment about the actual plane parts. Yeah. Um, so brilliantly. Okay. What about a Honda jet for like smaller yeah, jet good. parking area? That could be Cause, good. Because you can't park a 747 in most small countries, I'm guessing. Yeah, no, not really. Um, we can't really do that anymore. Um, the small countries don't really like the 747 as much as they used to. 
uh, which is a shame. So maybe an Embraer Phenom 100. Oh, that could be good. Gulfstream G650. Oh, but those are so expensive. Rashad, money is no object in this case. Well, kind of, it kind of is. Rashad, are we really paying for this? Well, I mean, to buy it, you have to pay for something normally. I know, I know, I know, but we're not even. This is just a dream hanger in this case. It could be true if we blow up. Please help us blow up. Exactly. And then we'll be able to afford a headquarters. I know. Oh no, scrap the G650. We're buying a G700. Those are cool. And those ranges are really long. Exactly. So we might not even need the um, Dassault Falcon. We could just have the Honda Jet in the G700. Aren't those also kind of big, though? They're a little bit big, but they're still a lot smaller than a 737. So we'd be okay from that end. And it has, like, the range of a 777. So you've got the best of both worlds there. And then we can also get, like, um, like a couple of Diamond DA-62s. Absolutely. A couple of propeller planes, a stunt propeller plane, that sort of thing. Just to protect us for some, like, our own Air Force or something. Yeah, an Apache attack helicopter. That could be good. Um... MD-500. Yeah, absolutely. Um, although, I, you know, I think the most dangerous attack weapon that we could possibly own is not a nuclear missile. I think it would be the McDonald's Douglas MD-11 or DC-10. Uh, those have such a reputation of crashing that they sometimes do it after takeoff, like seconds after takeoff. We could have an army of those protect us. That'd be great. We could just get an ICBM. Oh, yes, one of those missile things. Um, we'll oh, have no. a $10 million budget there. Yeah, 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 and we can get the um the Dutch goalkeeper um uh thing that essentially shoots down uh mortars. Those are important. That sounds dangerous. Where do they land if they're shot down? Uh no, no, the explosions happen in the, in the air. So the reason they shoot them down is to deactivate or not deactivate. They pre-explode the mortars. Pre-explode them. So wait, they'll still fall eventually, though. They'll fall, but they won't have any, you know, explosive characteristics anymore. Wait, that's. I mean, yeah, I suppose that's the danger is the explosion. It's not the, you know. I think if someone got hit in the head with a a mortar shell, no, it wouldn't be the entire shell though, because if the entire thing's blown up, then it's just a a tiny bit of mortar. Uh, Yes, but you see. The mortar doesn't know it's supposed to blow up. What if you miss? That's a good point. If you miss it, then you've got a problem. Although, you know what? We could actually, for $70 million, less than the G700, we could get an A380. Or we could join, like, the UN and make it so no one can shoot at us. Oh, yes. So we wouldn't have to pay anything for all these military aircraft. We would still have to pay, but, like... yeah. No, no, I mean, not pay for the military aircraft. We just would sort of forget about that and um, let the UN deal with that. Yeah, but it's always nice to have your own protection in case the UN doesn't want you anymore. So we'll buy the Apache. Yes. And the Chinook. Because the Chinook can carry a car. Yeah, and that's cool. Um, All right, then. I think that we've got that pretty well sorted. Um, Not much else that I could think of that we'd need to do to make that any better. Is that it for today? I think that could be it for today's podcast. Um, what do you think? Yeah. Sounds All right. Good. Great. Okay. So lots of F1 news we talked about. And of course, we've made a hanger. Anyways, thank you for watching. Goodbye.
This is an O for Heaven's Sake Studio recording, production copyright, I'm not quite sure of the day. Thank you for listening, goodbye.